RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with Frankville, Frankville Val and Frankville. <laughs> Beans. I haven't had the first sip of coffee. All, all I've had so far is my iodine. Oh, iodine. That's good for you, apparently, I've heard from some folks. Yeah, I have my uh, my iodine and with you know, a little sprinkle of salt in there. It helps the, helps the process. It's have that on an empty stomach every morning. Wow. Wow. It's good. We have a lot to talk about today. Obviously, we haven't been here in a week. Today's a, a week's anniversary, but... I told, um, I had obviously gone to see my grandma for the last time over this past week. And I have to tell you a story, which I think will blow your mind. Um, And I I want you to react to this because I shared it on my social media. So this may be a repeat for some folks, but crazy. So we get down there, we go to um, the funeral home and obviously it was open. It was an open casket. It was just, it was actually beautiful. The funeral home had made this tapestry out of like a picture of my grandmother. And it said like in loving memory and her name and the dates that she, you know, her dates. And it was just stunning when you walked in to see, it was just, it was such a nice, like, it was nice. So we spent, you know, that day there. And then the next day you go in and it's like your final goodbye before going to the funeral home for the services. And and it was very few people were there for that. It was me, my uncle, two of my uncles, my cousin, my mom, my dad, and my sister. So very small little crew of us, close personal family. So our entire lives, Frank, like since the day it came out, you know, the... um life alert button uh the, the people that were people wearing the pendants yeah yeah the, you know the commercial for that how the woman is like i fall in and i can't get up and it's like oh, the the og yeah yeah it's almost comical like everybody made fun of it it was like a, it became like a running joke well our family had that joke too like we always did that it was just an inside joke with us we'd always do it and um it carried on forever and ever and so like when my my grandmother got older, my uncle got her one of those because she was home alone sometimes. And so she would, you know, it would go off accidentally, you know, often. And then my mom would get a phone call and she would call my grandma to see how she was doing. And they would call my mom first or in addition, I think they would call her first. I don't remember how the order went, but she got the call first and she would do what she had to do. Well, um, we were, we, we always joked about it and we're sitting in this, we, we all go up and pay our last respects and see our grandma for the last time. And we were devastated. Like the whole room was just somber. And it was only that little small group of us. And we're sitting there and we're like, it's deadly. You could hear a pin drop, like silence that I can't even explain to you. And we're all sad and somber. And it was just, it was like, it was not what I wanted. I was like, oh gosh, like it was just terrible. And we're all like basically crying. And all of a sudden my mom's phone starts to ring and it rings loud. Like she like scrambles to find her phone because it wasn't like the, op- it was an appropriate time for the phone to be ringing. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why didn't you shut the freaking ringer off mom? Like, why do you have this thing going off? Damn it. And all of a sudden we hear, I've fallen and I can't get up. Like she had programmed LifeLock into her phone with that ringtone so that she would know if she was out somewhere to pick up the phone because they called from a weird number that she didn't recognize. So like literally in the middle of this, the phone rings and it's my grandmother's life um, alert device calling my mom's phone. How? But have you have you determined how that was triggered? No, it was sitting at home on my grandma's countertop. And obviously nobody's there. No, we were all. <laughs> so like we're all sitting there devastated. And then my mom's phone randomly goes off with and it's life life alert calling her. Wow. It was. I can't even explain how life changing this was for us. Like we were we for me personally, everything changed at that moment. 
like it was like my grandmother was the prankster like crazy joking around loud vivacious person so for so everybody ever was everybody laughing at that point we we, we did i mean th those of us who understood it more like there were you know my uncle uh, one of my uncles and my cousin didn't really get it because they weren't really in on the joke but when my mom explained what it meant and what it was like how does that happen <laughs> we still have no idea why they called her I know why so, they called her because grandma was uh, saying hello. That's why. <laughs> that, see, that, that's what I. That's what I want to believe. I, 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 the other thing I'm trying to think technically as to why. Either way, the 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 way that it, it timed itself out is incredible. But um, the other thing I started thinking is is life alert is one of the many uh, things that uh, that that trigger a you know beacon response or something like that. Uh, the life alert not moving for a while. Like if it's if it's on a counter and it hasn't been deactivated, perhaps life alert tells a family, hey, you know what, this at least the life alert, the beacon has been in place for a while and maybe go check on them. I don't know. She has to physically press the button for it to oh, start. Okay. That's the only way to trigger it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's crazy then. It was, it was just, it was something. Like, that's a story that you tell, like, now that I've gotten it out and probably the entire world knows it because I've... <laughs> That's so much. That's a story you tell like the rest of your life. Whenever somebody's talking about something spooky or crazy that happened around, you know, remembering someone or whatever, I pull that one out because it was legit like nuts. That was nuts. So once that happened, for me personally, I was like a lot more at peace with everything. Mm -hmm. Then we had the funeral and then, you know, we, we did our thing and then we came home on Friday. So good. that's yeah. good. It was something. It was I'm something. glad to hear it all went smooth. It did go as smoothly as it could. I mean, it was it was nice to catch up with family and stuff. And I always say, worst way to do it. Worst way to do it. But nothing like a funeral to bring a family together. Yeah, sadly. Um, Frank, we're gonna move on. The, okay. the two main things I wanted to talk about today were Arizona and Missouri v. Biden. That case that's going on. Um. What do you know about Arizona? Have you been catching, like, following? Is, does this have to do with the election? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I, I saw... All I'm catching are uh, headlines now. I saw last late last week that um, Carrie Lake was spotted sitting down with Donald Trump, and uh, that image that was put out there alone, I said to myself, well, that just makes perfect sense. I, I, I said as soon as... Um, as soon as Carrie Lake's steal is completed, then the first the first call Trump should make as far as a VP nomination should be her. And uh, because I, I only be, from a, a television standpoint to have her matched up with Kamala Harris in a debate would just be <laughs> amazing. If they debate. But, yeah, if that ha even happens. Yeah. But um, but then I just started seeing that it's it, it seems like there's it's not complete the, the fight for arizona is not completely over because the the anomalies and the and the, the 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 voting irregularities are so ridiculous in maricopa that there's there's more serious action being taken so i i don't know what it is in particular but i see the headlines coming out and uh as far as the missouri thing goes i know from your uh your tweeting and truthing or whatever <laughs> that this is one of the more important cases out there and um, I'd like to know about both of them. All right, well, let's get on with it then. So my catching up has been like obviously over just the last two days, but the Arizona Attorney General sent a letter to the civil division chief at Maricopa County in the attorney in the attorney's office there for the, you know, and wants to know all kinds of different things about what happened during the election in Maricopa County. And it's a very detailed letter that goes through every single different, you know, issue um, and asks for more information. It says, like, based on the plethora of reports from election workers, poll observers and voters combined with Maricopa County's admission that there were, in fact, widespread problems related to non-uniform BOD printer configuration settings, the unit requests Maricopa County provide a comprehensive report detailing with specificity voting locations that had a... Um, 
Voting locations that had problems with either printers or uh, tabulation, specific problems at each voting location, any other issues related to printers or tabulators that may have contributed to the problems, a comprehensive log of all changes to board of direct or BOD printer configuration settings to include who made the changes, Maricopa County standards for the printer configuration settings as specified in internal specifications, the precise time the configuration settings were found to be the root cause of the issues, the method used to update or reconfigure them, and on and on and on. And then the last thing that I thought um, was interesting is that they say if an, if an administrator was able to make those changes, please detail when and how they were corrected. Which means to me, if look, you have like, let's say 100 different polling locations and 75 of them have printers that do the same thing. They print the ballots wrong. They're too light, whatever. And those 75 are on a local printer network mm -hmm. administered by an administrator somewhere. Then all of a sudden they start working later on. That's and they worked the night before with no problem. That sounds to me like somebody went, okay, let me put these, you know, 72 printers in a container and let me roll out a driver to them right now. Okay, that driver's rolled out and then, oh, let me roll back that driver at 3.30. Right. That's what it sounds like to me. And I didn't know that those printers weren't standalone. Well, again, the timing... I mean, I, I just uh, it, it's you can you can tell that this is this is all conscious action mm -hmm. and planned out and motivated. Now, my my whole thing is this. Now we're two weeks removed and uh, all the same rules apply as 2020 overwhelming uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to uh, all types of evidence, both hard circumstantial but you have the media acting as if everybody's moving along we're getting deeper into the holidays people want to be worried about this less and less obviously if you're from arizona this is more important to you than anything else but um what uh carrie lake seems to be very very confident that she is still going to be governor what do you think well, she, she's what? It's like less than a percentage point at this point away yeah. from so So a couple different things. Number one, last election, we didn't have all these poll workers, election judges and like official people who are working the elections saying any of this. It was all individual citizens. So that's a testament to how many people got involved in this process and got themselves those positions in Arizona. Kudos, mm. because that didn't happen last go round. It didn't. Um, the second thing is... There are more issues than obviously what I just discussed. Like, I'm going to get into some of those in a second. Um, I, 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 the problem I have with this, and do I want to see Carrie Lake as governor? A thousand percent, yes. Do I think she's going to give up? No. Do I think she's handling this in a better way than, than was handled the first time? Yes. But I think that that's because they have the, the benefit of the experience of the first go round of this happening. So they know what to do and what not to do. Not necessarily that she's a better PR machine than Donald Trump was. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, let's everybody throw two shits to the wind and like run around like an, a, a lunatic last go round. Oops. 1638. Hold on. <laughs> what did what, you say? I said shit. 1646. Jeez. <laughs> just keeps, it just keeps coming. So, um, so... This is the bottom this is the bottom line for this section that we're going to talk about. This letter is very well done. It is very detailed. They did a great job of encapsulating everything in this four-page letter. Everybody feels kind of satisfied that they're sending the letter. However, I I have a problem. Arizonans deserve a full report and accounting of the myriad of problems that occurred in relation to Maricopa County as the canvas is looming and these issues relate to Maricopa County's ability to lawfully certify election results. The unit requests a response to the aforementioned formation issues on or before Maricopa County submits its official canvas to the Secretary of State, which much occur must occur on or before November 28th. 
if they get this on November 28th, what the hell are they going to do? Right. So if they're serious about this, demand it in 30, 72 hours, not let's give them until, you know, the 28th to give us a report because then they're going to certify and what are we going to do about it? So clock, I think clock is always ticking. I think it's, I think it might be bullshit, Frank. Again, I, my pawny mouth today. Every reason in the world to think that. And of course, that's why I just kind of roll my eyes with this and hope that those who are uh, in the fight personally and the only ones who can fight are doing a good job. But I, I don't, uh, I'm not surprised um, that we're behind the eight ball. Yeah, it, it just bothers me. We're not done here um, with the Arizona election by any means. But um, thank you to Stoes No More Tube for the little super chat. Good morning. Stoes Tube. Is that who? Do you know that person? Yeah, that's Christos and Sarah from from Massachusetts. Oh, well, hello up there. And They're great. Did you see? I saw this thing on uh, YouTube from one of the channels that does like the storm chasers and stuff. He's like a, I guess he's a meteorologist or you know like a self-taught meteorologist but he's really really good apparently a piece of the jet stream is going to break off from alaska and come through the the center of the country and then like right after thanksgiving allegedly wallop the east coast with tons of crazy weather snow yes great see what sucks about that for me is that my husband and my son are headed up to new york for thanksgiving and like I know Friday there'll be some blizzard, and then they won't be able to get home. <laughs> Does, are, are they are they saying a blizzard's coming on Friday? Well, he's not he's not saying it because we're still a little bit too far out. But he's definitely saying that this is going to be something crazy. It's not going to be like normal weather. Um, but he doesn't know exactly what's going to happen yet. Anyway, Massachusetts, hang on to your hats because you were right there in the. That's what reminded me of it. Wow. I gotta um, check my five day forecast now. All right, go it's ahead. not on there. It's the, not on there. A piece of the jet stream breaking off is not it's, in the weather. No, they're not. Let me hold on before we go any further. I want to find the guy because I don't want to not give him his due. Another funny YouTuber guy that I found is Leon Lush. He's hysterical. Okay, hold on a second. Um, the forecaster is. Where is it? I watched a lot of civil rights videos yesterday, Frank. Oh, here it is. Ryan Hall. I told everybody to actually go and follow him. The channel Ryan is Ryan Hall's the he's, he's great. Yeah. A massive storm is coming after Thanksgiving. That's what hit the title of the video. <laughs> yeah, I see rain over here, but it's uh, it's going to be a high of 55 that day. So it'll, it'll just probably be. Black Friday? Uh, yeah, Black Friday. Okay. It'll be Gray Friday. Okay. Um. When I was on my way to, to Florida, my sister put on a show that we, it was two seasons. So the, the way down, we watched the first season and the way up, we watched the second season. Now, obviously, I just listened to it. But it was this show called Love Not Lies, I think the name of it was. And it was in Spanish. So it was just subtitled and like an over overdub of like American voices. Mm -hmm. It was something else, this reality TV show. It, it was... It was perfect for, for the drive because well, I couldn't good. subject her to like eight hours of like legal analysis that I would normally listen to when I was. Well, next time you get to pick, I guess. I know. All right, here we go. Maricopa County, um, Wendy had a column come out, I believe on Friday. Um, there is one place at least that is saying they're not going to certify. Uh, the Maricopa County election may be uncertifiable if the, if the accounts of election workers at the polls are true, which they are. Multiple Arizona poll workers have come forward sharing documentation of their election day observations with us. The, um, it was an election judge, three clerks, an election marshal that all worked at the same voting center on election day. They didn't know each other prior to that day. Um, there were seven clerks in addition to those people there. And we have in here a ton of information about exactly what happened and who these people are. Um, they came to Uncovered DC. We had Wendy wrote it up. And Mark Fincham has also been posting a whole lot about um, one of the counties down there that is going to delay certification. So it's that. 
And Fincham is a, his race is officially out of reach, right? No, I mean I don't think any race is officially out of reach right now. I think he was. I don't know what he's down by, like twenty thousand or something. It's not this much. It's it's mm. for any of them, even even Masters. I don't think is that much. Um, but there's also this website that um, I was shown. It's called whoscounting.us. And if you go to that website, they have a whole bunch of information, including affidavits from um, attorneys that were attorney observers, uh, Republican observers in the polls. One of the things that it, it's, there's this one affidavit that's 23 pages long, and it goes through everybody's issues that they had when these attorneys would travel and rove around to like different voting locations and talk to the observers there and say, what's going on? What's going on? My sister just texted me. Oh my gosh, the show. She's listening. Hi, Trish. Um, <laughs> she, um, so they would rove around and look at this and look at these stuff and talk to these observers. None of the locations that he went to, this guy, had Democrat observers there. None. None. Okay. I found that really interesting. That he, is. Yeah. I mean, why it's like not? The, you, you think, why did they cede land? I don't know. Because they didn't need it? I mean, a lot of people are talking about how we move forward now, Frank. The fact that we need to adopt. Ballot harvest. And you know what? Why not? There are so many other things that we need to do and fix but if that's not going to be fixed we need to learn how to do it dr steve turley i saw him and a few other people breaking this down um the success that was had in a few districts in california and in new york this this last um this past month and i mean if this is just the reality of it where we have to go out trick-or-treat the other the other side to um to have a a fighting chance then i don't know it's a it's a sad state of affairs but i guess if you're going to have a chance then i guess you have to consider it um especially since again uh we are a clear physical majority at this point yeah and it's a that's the reality of the fact so i, I would say it would probably be a a huge boon so but you know um it kind of just feels like we're all just in a in a big cheating competition to me. I, yeah. It, once we get, get to that point and could kind of shrug my shoulders, I'm sure Scott Pressler will go out there and do everything he can to organize <laughs> people on the ground. And it'll, it'll definitely give us a better shot. But, um, you know, it's not necessarily just a matter of, hey, the other side is sending all of their uh, their their uh, mercenaries from door to door canvassing places and going to Democrat households and picking up ballots for the entire family and throwing them down into um, into, uh, you know, the, the pot there. But it's also just the um, it's just the mass printing of these ballots in general. And the fact that we just don't know we just don't know how many of them are being duplicated, yeah. how many of them are. So it, it's just a messy system altogether. And the fact that we're just going to get involved in it, it doesn't mean that they can't just amplify their output. So I, I I don't know. I guess I guess you have to, but it's it's really a sad state of affairs. It is. It is. I have some video here, just two clips that um I wanna play. One of them is Dropboxes. It's a video I think we see the same car come through here a couple times. We'll play it, it's two minutes long. Um it's just music, I think. So if you just watch some of these people putting like 10 and 12 ballots in, some people a huge stack. Well, the deadline was today and my opponent, Katie Hobbs, has officially declined the debate. Some people dropping them. You know, I, I consider someone's vote their voice. I think of it as a sacred vote, and it's being trampled the way we run you our elections right in right. Arizona. I've been sounding the alarm for two years. Nothing got done. Very little got done last legislative session, and we need to get in there and restore faith in our elections. We can't be the laughing stock of elections anymore. There's about to be a guy who has like a stack of ballots this thick that he puts into this Dropbox. And it's on video. 
you can't see it, so I'm not going to play anymore, but I'll put the link to it in the show notes for people. Then it's in, the, I guess this this happened right as the election was, election day was ending. Um, and one of the attorneys for Carrie Lake, a volunteer attorney, was asking Maricopa County's attorney how many ballots were canceled on election day. And, and this interaction is is pretty telling. Um, okay, go ahead. Do you want to say something first? No, I'll say it afterwards. All right. Like, how many people canceled their ballots on election day? That's what they wanted to know. The volunteer said he wanted to be able to say that Maricopa County was being cooperative. Liddy proceeded to explode, cursing out the volunteer. I'm doing my job, helping you do your job. I think we're in agreement. We don't want that stuff to happen. Yeah, I completely understand what your job is. I did it for years. For the yeah. United State and for the uh, Congressional Committee and for candidates. I understand. One th- one thing that would be really helpful is for us to be able to say that Tom Liddy is giving us good information. And that's one thing that is in your control, and we would really appreciate no, it's it. No, it, hey, guess what? Let me educate you. I cannot control what you say, okay? You can say whatever you want to say. I can't control it. Now, if you're not happy working with me and you don't want to continue working with me and you don't want to ask your questions, then we'll just stop. I don't give a shit. No, Tom, that's 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 the opposite of what I'm saying. I want to work with you. I want to get the right information. I don't want disinformation out of there. That is what I'm working for. I'm not looking for disinformation. I just, you got me two questions. I'm going to go ask them. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying that you're giving me bad information. I'm just saying we're getting a lot of information, and we want we want to make sure what we're getting is accurate. Right, hold on. Who am I talking to? Who is this? This is. Let me tell you something. You sound like you're threatening me. I'm definitely not threatening you, and I promise that I'm. Listen, if I don't get these answers to you quickly, you're not going to be able to tell the crazy people that I've been helpful. I don't give a fuck. Is that clear enough? Yes, Tom, and I want to promise you, I'm I'm not threatening you. Thank you. No more threats from the top. Right? De- de- definitely no threats. Good. Okay. I- I'm just saying what I'm worried about. I don't care. Okay. Yes. And you don't care. All right. Do you have a fourth question for me? I-, I think that's all our questions, Tom. All right. So let me go and try to get to the answers. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate right. it. Thanks. That's how you talk to um, a campaign who's having problems on election day because of your ineptitude. I know. I I, I mean. I tell you the whole thing. It's 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 less and less valid to me the entire the entire thing because of the atmosphere and the types of the types of warring factions that are against each other. You're, they're just not. We're just not a nation that has anything in common. Uh, each side has things in common with their in their uh, you know overlapping uh, bubbles of interest. But it's a uh, it's it's a, a spiritual and a uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it ideological because most people don't even really consider ideology. They're just they're just easily programmable biocomputers that are motivated by a uh, a sixth sense of self interest, and they think that they're going to get something out of it. Listening to that exchange right there, just like okay, if we ballot harvest just like they do, and I saw some people in the chat room. You know, saying that, that ballot harvesting is legal, that's just the system. It's like, no, no, listen, uh, to, to say that laws have been passed to make a completely, obviously loose, loosey-goosey uh, way of collecting ballots legal, and therefore it is good, and therefore uh, it's all, you know, there's a a safe way of doing it, does not mean that you actually get rid of that uh, that margin of chaos in which you can do whatever the hell you want with it. It's not a good system. The only people who should be voting by mail are those who are in the military and out of the country, those who are on business around that time of year and out of the country, those who are infirmed, who who are are in a, a hospital or they are in a in a uh, nursing home or something like that. And all of that is very tightly checked with your IDs. Absentee ballots have been around since the Civil War, and those are safe in, in, in limited circumstances. There is no reason why on Election Day people can't plan ahead a year, 
two years, four years ahead Mm -hmm. to take an hour off to go vote. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to to, to say, oh, no, 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 it's legal. It's legal. People in certain states have voted for it. Therefore, it's legal. Does not mean that it's sensical and does not mean that there are tons of uh, chain of chain of custody problems there. And as you just saw with this exchange, we have a lot of problems with people who are uh, obviously up to no good and representing something other than Americanism. Well, not only that, but I mean, like the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the people that run that, that are, they started a super PAC specifically to oppose Trump-backed candidates. That's number one. Maricopa County, that's number one. Number two, they're only following one of the candidates on social media. Like, at least they don't even have the um the 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 desire to even maintain a shred of impartiality even in appearances they don't care anymore that's the thing like so there's there's that but we're going to stay on top of Arizona and you know Pennsylvania he conceded and rolled over just like the wet suit he is so forget that um i don't know what's going to Pennsylvania in my opinion is is gone uh, sadly it's it's just sad um but yeah. there yeah. there's all that stuff um i wanted to move on to what do i got here oh wanted to move on to um the missouri versus biden case catch you guys up just if you don't know i will be following this literally every single step of the way in detail on my truth social and telegram accounts like it, it is this is again the most consequential case i think we've ever had given where we are missouri is suing missouri and louisiana are suing the biden administration and numerous figures within the biden administration for colluding and conspiring and working with social media companies to censor americans thoughts they went to the judge and said this is such a grave abuse of the american you know way of life and americans rights we need a preliminary um discovery in like you know expedited discovery order so that we can do our discovery right away so we can get a preliminary injunction to stop this while we wait for the case to go through its normal steps the judge granted that they got the discovery they looked at it and it was right there in front of them plain as day tons of absolutely egregious violations of Americans first amendment rights to the point that CISA was declaring Americans thoughts part of their infrastructure so that they could oversee it because it's critical infrastructure that is the worst thing I've heard in gosh knows how long that the a government agency a government bureaucracy that was unelected by anybody has determined your own thoughts to be something called cognitive infrastructure yeah so they get that discovery then they go to the judge and they say okay we've got that discovery but we want to talk to these people and get them under oath to find out what more there is ask questions about what we've learned the extent of it the judge says yes even though a lot of these people are very high-ranking government officials you are allowed to depose them now get them in there rapidly and then everything all hell breaks loose the government goes nuts like you can't talk to these people we don't want this to happen trying every which way from sunday um you know mandamus appeals saying the judge is is basically out of off his rocker all of these these filings all over the place so that they can avoid these people testifying at all judge says in every case basically in all of these cases all the judges have said no you're sol get your ass over there and sit down um There was an FBI agent that went up to Facebook and told Facebook not to publish or to censor things about the Hunter Biden laptop story. They went through a rigmarole of court filings trying to stop that FBI agent from having to testify. The judge said he has to testify. None of your reasons are valid. So it's been a lot of back and forth. And this judge has stood strong and other courts have backed him up to this point. Unlike we've seen in a case in years, years. Because it is so absolutely insane how bad this really is that even judges who would normally be like, ah, it's just a social, they're like, whoa, this is not okay. So yeah. Jen Psaki was one of the people that was requested to testify. 
Oh. Oh. Ginger Goebbels is back. Ginger huh? Goebbels, who was one of the people who literally called for censorship in public in broad daylight because of mis, dis, and malinformation that the government, you know, whatever, government approved speech that people were saying that she didn't like, that if somebody was banned on one platform, they should be banned on every platform. Like, just Orwellian crap coming out of this woman's mouth. And she had interactions with all these different entities and they found it in Discovery and she was one of the people they wanted to depose. So little Miss Saki decides she's going to file a motion to quash this subpoena in Virginia because Virginia courts are very friendly to Democrats, right? They are. They are. You know, you get into Virginia and chances of you winning something are very slim. There are a few good judges in Virginia, but not really. You okay? Keep hearing howling upstairs. I don't think why baby's so emotional today. She's just crying and screaming. Do you want to go up there? No, 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 no. I'm listening to you. Uh, I think everything is all right. Okay. If I hear, until I hear a, a body drop, I'll... Uh... <laughs> Calm down, Daddy. It's okay. Right. So Jen Psaki files a motion to quash in Virginia, and the judge come back, comes back and tells her to scratch and bring it, transfers the motions back to the Louisiana court where the judge has been granting everything that Missouri and Louisiana want. And so now this 551-page monstrosity of Jen Psaki is sitting in front of this Louisiana judge who has said to every one of these entitled, stuck-up, um, authoritarian bureaucrats that they're, they're SOL and they need to sit their butts down in a chair under oath and answer for their actions. And it's sitting there. And what she what they say here like one of the things they say in this brief is subjecting a high-ranking official to a deposition which cannot later be reversed is uh, establishes irreparable harm so they're saying that Jen Psaki if she has to sit and answer questions will be harmed by that because I don't know it'll mess up her family because she'll have to take a few days to prepare yeah, she might not be we wouldn't want we wouldn't want to inconvenience people. We wouldn't want to inconvenience people and and uh, put undue burden on somebody that actually have to back up what they say or be responsible for something that they assert in public. Or you know, we we, we wouldn't want to do that. That's just un, the undue burden. It's crazy the the excuses that some of these people use to like avoid this stuff. And the judges said no, no, no. Now another thing that they were trying to do in this case. So so the judge didn't decide on this particular thing yet. It's sitting in front of him. It's five hundred fifty one pages. He's got to read through. Um, some of it's duplicative, but it it whatever. I'm still not done with it. Um, so he also has in front of him or had a motion from the government to <laughs> this can't you can't make this up to censor the video depositions and transcripts of the depositions from the general public because of threats of harassment against the officials testifying. So they're saying, we don't want the public to be able to see these depositions. First of all, the video depositions could be deceptively edited. Oh, Gosh. And and the transcripts could have personally identifiable information that would subject these people to harm so great. that And, and the, so Missouri comes in and says, look, they're even doing it here. <laughs> you know, I think that should be the um, that should be one of the, the, the most uh, sobering things about being a, an elected public official, that you are going to be so tightly scrutinized that um, you don't want to do anything crazy. You don't want to stand by anything that is um, objectively harmful to people and their their right to live a uh, a semi uh, free uh, life. A semi free life. I think that I think that it should be that uh, that inherent threat of public outrage directed and very very finely tuned and personalized for you should go along with the job. I think it'd be a great way to keep people in line and not, you know, not not leading a a, a secret double life uh, mm-hmm. in these these bureaus and agencies and uh, and elsewise. I, I think it'd be great. That, that's, I, don't, I don't understand this. That's the point, right? I mean, that's Absolutely. the point. So that's what the that's what Missouri and that's what Missouri and Louisiana said was like the whole point of our government is to hold your your 
people up to scrutiny. Like they can't run and hide from the people they're supposed to be. So long story short, he granted it in part and denied it in part. It, and his ruling is very fair and it's nothing, like we're gonna be able to see it all. And we're gonna be able to see it all very quickly. So he said basically, you know, F you. I don't know what the hell you think you're doing in this courtroom. And, you know, you're not hiding this from people. The whole point of this case is so that we know what you're doing. If there's nothing to hide, why are you worried? The same thing they throw on us all the time or they would throw on Trump. Like, well, if you didn't do anything wrong, then why are you worried about it? Right. So. Talking about in intellectual or cognitive infrastructure. Can you tell us the last time we've been able to analyze anything these people have have expressed cognitively behind closed doors? I don't even think they have any cognitive thoughts, to be honest with you. It really, it's, it's just incredible. Um, you, you can't you can't get anything. You I, subpoena you subpoena emails, they disappear. Talk about cognitive infrastructure. I know. So, like, what they prepare, what they provided is is enough like to make you what didn't they provide yet that's my question um i have a video that i wanted to play of rand paul questioning um here it is director ray director ray had to sit down for hearings recently in the senate and i haven't gotten to watch the whole thing yet but i from what i've seen like the last time that he sat down, he he ended it early because he was going on vacation and he used a private, the private FBI jet to go on vacation. So like, it's not like he had to worry about traffic and he couldn't wait another 22 minutes to go. Like he's just, he's gross. But I, I, you want to listen to a few minutes of Rand Paul questioning Christopher Ray? Sure. Okay. Here we go. Is uh, Facebook or any other social media company supplying private messages or data on American users that is not compelled by the government or the FBI? Um, not compelled. In other words, not in response to legal process. No warrant, no subpoena. They're just supplying you information on their users. Uh, I don't believe so, but, uh, but I can't sit here and, and be sure of that as I, as I sit here. Can you give us a, a yes or no by going back to your team and asking? Because it's a very specific question, because if they are, it's against the law. The law, the Stored Communications Act, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act of 1986 prohibits providers from sharing electronic communications with any person or entity unless it's compelled. This was done to protect the privacy of people so we could feel like we can send Pri an email or address. Privacy? What's that? That's one of those crazy right-wing conspiracy things. Yeah. People people wanting privacy. Yeah, that's that's like so 1992. Yeah. Direct message to people without having that information given over. It's a very specific question. Will you get with your team of lawyers and give us a specific answer? Because this is the law. If you're doing it, then we need to go to court to prevent you from receiving this information. Well, I, I, I can tell you that I'm quite confident we're following the law. Of course. But what I will also well, that's not the answer. With, that's but, not the answer. But I will also follow up with you to make sure that we get you okay. more information, more detailed information. Just the little the smug F little grin he's got on his face just makes me... Mm. The fact that he's been in there as long as he has, you said you. you said it the day that he was confirmed. We were, we, yeah. I think we were, we were broadcasting that day. We were, we were yeah. recording. Said, I said, oh, 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 yeah, this guy's evil. This guy's evil. He got, he got confirmed with over ninety votes in in a terrible Senate mm -hmm. that should have been. If if he was, if there's ever a chance of him being semi, semi trustworthy then it would have been an absolute squeaker. But over 90, everybody knew that they were getting a nice firewall, firewall bastard coming in. Let's see what else happens here just for another minute or so. It's eight minutes long, but. FBI obtaining anonymous social media data and then using technical methods to pierce the anonymous nature of the data. Anonymous social media data. Uh, what's so you purchase data. People purchase data all the time, and we sort of tolerate it for advertisings and things because it's anonymous data. Are you purchasing what is said to be anonymous data through the marketplace and then piercing the anonymous nature to attach individual names to that data? 
You're darn yeah, too. You asked about anonymous data. I was thinking more in terms of. Um, no, I'm talking about data that is See, out there. See, that's a time waster. What he's doing there. Yeah, yeah. It's just so he can run out his clock, and he doesn't. Every time I pause it, he's got the same dumbass face on. You know the. I love my. I love my job. I put on a suit every morning, and I, I'm paid well. <laughs> I, I destroy America every day. I hate hate them. I hate sure. them. Yeah, I, hate, I hate that they get to wake up every morning and put on nice expensive suits, splash on some cologne, and go to the office. And they just they just are horrible, horrible people. They just pretend to have something good to do. Yeah, it's terrible. A little bit more. Are you purchasing data and then piercing the anonymous nature of that data? So the manner in which we use, uh, we usually use the term commercial data, um, uh, is probably longer than I could explain here. Oh. But again, let me have a have a. Uh, so you you you, are, you aren't prepared. You me. will not answer the question of whether or not you're. I think it was. I want to say I, I don't know who it was that asked him the question. Like, are you? Did you implant people before January six? Did you have people planning to be at the Capitol uh, that were FBI assets, informants, employees? And he couldn't say no. Well, because they're the FBI. They're literally everywhere. <laughs> and like, so of course he was, they're there. Yeah, I mean, he was lambasted for not being able to say no. And he's like, don't take this as that me meaning there's that yes is the answer. Then just say no. Like, stop. Like, I, I'm unable to comment on this ongoing. We could, we, we could have had people at the Capitol that day, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, we're, we're getting somewhere now, you freak. Yeah, and Adam is saying it was a House hearing, and Adam Adam Carter is saying it was a House hearing, and he's right because I believe it was Chip Roy that was it Hagen Chip Roy. I don't know. I don't know if who it was. It was one of the the more you know patriotic of our House members. Um, mm. Okay, so let's get a little more lighthearted to close out the show, Frank. We've got about you got it. 10 minutes um as you know uh or may know trump did a poll and um trump did i mean elon musk did a poll elon musk yeah, yeah. and uh, hold on hold on a second i gotta find it i have a clip of um his first tweet tweets trump is back on twitter i have a a, a funny clip of his first tweets somewhere here here it is um it is our friend Captain Deplorable, and here he is. Okay, it's good to be back. Let's see what we're going to do. First tweet, at Speaker Pelosi. You're fired. P.S. Tell Paul he doesn't look good in his underwear. We saw the body cam. It's a horrible thing. But we don't want to get suspended off the bat. At Rosie O'Donnell, you're still a disgusting animal, <laughs> both inside and out. It's true. Now, let's not waste a good one. At Sen Warren. I am more Indian than you. Hashtag Pocahontas. No, wait, no, wait, I got it, I got it. Kofifi, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I, I was, uh, Lauren and I were talking about this last night, saying, well, I, it's whenever he does, because he has to pick the right time, um, and or, or it could just be some random thing, it doesn't matter. He could, he could just... He could tweet out one letter of the alphabet at this point, and it's going to be record. It's going to be like a shock to the world. What, what does H mean? What is lowercase? Oh, forget lowercase it. H. Forget it. Anything. Just he should just tweet out lowercase H. The Q people and, will have the clock out, and they'll be trying to figure out what the time was. When oh he's yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll they'll take out their sundials, and <laughs> they'll figure out what the Mayans were talking. About. So, but anyway, the. Uh, I don't know. Whatever the hell it is, obviously the the big the big thing that you can't we can never ever jump off of is the time and the reasoning. Never let go of the reasoning why what we've been able to create and build up in parallel spheres on on places like Truth or on Gab or anywhere else, Telegram that can never be abandoned mm -hmm. twitter is just a very interesting battleground right now mm -hmm. there are things it's, it's a huge it's like antietam on the internet right now and so you uh you pay attention to it don't put all your eggs in that basket but especially for donald trump who has now invested a lot of time and money into truth social 
he can't go he can't go back and be regular on it maybe a maybe one out of every 10 tweets uh or one out of 10 published items he can't it cannot be place where he spends all of his time or else he's going to destroy truth social well so there's a clause in his contract there's a six hour win delay between like he has to post on truth social first and then six hours later he can share whatever it is anywhere else oh i didn't know that yeah i have it here in an article um well that's smart yeah it's i'll i have this this browser of mine right now is so polluted with tabs open that i can't find it anymore but um if you can look at the screen friends i am still permanently suspended from twitter still permanently suspended um and so yeah whatever um here's a bunch of tweets from people who (laughs) who literally lost their minds when trump was reinstated and it's so funny because if you go to his Twitter feed, the last tweet of his is it, outside of not going to the inauguration is please stay peaceful. Don't do any violence. At the Capitol. At the Capitol. We support our law enforcement. There are great men and women. Don't do anything. And, and these people are like, so the first one is Rob Reiner, this little pudgy little Elon Musk is letting a man who led a violent insurrection to overthrow the United States government Hmm. Back on this platform. Oh. Um. Really? Uh-oh. Was Trump at the front of the insurrection? Where was he? Yeah. He was. He was. He was pointing a sword. He was. He was at the front of the. Uh, at the front of the. The mass of people, and he was pointing a sword at the Capitol, and they all. They all followed him in. Mm-hmm. And they started swinging. Like, like Braveheart, you know. He yeah. was Um. Elon Musk. Oh yeah. Letting the lies and disinformation continue to poison the American bloodstream. His tweet is literally an example of his last sentence because the whole thing is lies um god not a parody actually god tweets well i'm out this is my final tweet from now on you can find me at his website it's been a great ride and the ride continues f you elon musk you anti-union megalomania megalomania i can't even say it what union is he talking about not the american union He's probably just, just just some commie gobbledygook. You anti-union, anti-blah, blah, blah. Why? Why? Because he, he fired a bunch of workers from Twitter that they obviously didn't need to be laying around all day doing hot yoga and drinking kale shakes. I, they, obviously, they didn't need them. That, seriously, like Twitter is still functioning just fine with the 70 or so guys that Elon had surrounding him in the war room. And everyone's like, oh, look, there are no women. There could have been women if they could get their heads out of their asses for long enough to realize what kind of an opportunity is sitting right in front of them. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, you need thousands more people when the, the the entire reason for the company existing is to micromanage the way people think and speak mm-hmm. with each other mm-hmm. and to be able to put certain filters through conversation to make sure that people who talk about things are only approaching it from a certain predestined um, conclusion. You know, they're, they're, they're coming to you from a, a very specific and approved point of view. Uh, I, I'd have to imagine that you need a staff of 7,000 extra people to make sure that uh, however many tens of millions are using your product are using it and and typing words in the very same way. And then to have to expand those standards out to other countries and other cultures who value things differently, because it's not just an American idea that you can go onto the Internet or anywhere else on a, a, a and and just publish thoughts and have it not be a, an international crisis. So, or domestic crisis. Can't have those people thinking things we don't want them to. Now, now it's not, and it's not also to say that censorship on Twitter has gone away, that people aren't, I mean, Dilly had a a nice week and a half on the platform, but he's already gone again. Um, So it. it, This is the thing. I never went on Twitter and and was a shit poster who just went on. Like ever. That wasn't my purpose for using the platform. So like. I'm not worried about, be- I never even had a strike against me. Never once. And all the time that I was on there and all the things that I said. So if you're going to go there, like, I feel like if people are let back on, but then they just abuse it just for the shit of, like, like what Milo did to Parlor. Do you remember? 
No. Milo like went back on Parlor or got on Parlor and said things that were very inappropriate, specifically to test whether or not they would ban him from Parlor, like as a free speech absolutist, which I get that and everything, but like, I get it. But like, we're not there yet. We're just not like, whatever. Um, Billy Baldwin got in on the action too, by the way. I have a master post that I've been building on my, if you go to mine, you're what? I don't know, I don't know what Billy Baldwin said, but I, I pinned it on my Twitter account because I've been, uh, I wanted people to submit, um, submit the best Trump returns meltdowns there. So I can do a, a nice comic relief segment on my, my seven o'clock broadcast tonight. So there might be things in there that you see, um, that you haven't seen. I haven't even looked at it yet, but it's, it's pretty, I can't, um, pretty crazy. Oh, some of them got banned already. <laughs> some of the people. Uh, hold on. Orange Man is back on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Here's one. It's, it's a compilation of just a bunch of the liberals screaming and flipping out and yelling. Yeah. Um, Conservative Mama had one that came out. Um, let's watch that one because it's funny. And you can understand it. Um, did Citizen Free Press get put back on Twitter? So I, I think Citizen, I don't know. Yes, they did. You, you, you know, just based on what you just said with how, how you opened this up with the uh, the poll that Elon Musk put out there, uh, because of how many people, first of all, follow Musk now, where it's like 120 million people and who knows how many of these are bots. And, and the poll itself, I heard, was a really amazing tool in tracking bot swarming yep. and all that he's, stuff. He's wise. Oh yeah! I, I, listen, you can't take that from him. It, it, it's like wise, like the serpent. Mm -hmm. But um, but the uh, but as far as the poll goes, because of how many people, how much attention he has garnered, and how many people he brought back, at least temporarily, to the platform, uh, these Twitter polls are becoming statistically significant. When we're when we're talking about millions of people getting in on them over a 24 hour period, first of all, the fact that this could be wrapped up in a 24 hour period, but an uh, uh, you know, yeah, we Arizona can't run an election. I know, <laughs> right? But these are becoming statistically uh, significant polls. They are when you have that many people that are. Yeah. yeah, I have a clip from conservative mama that I can't find. Right? Oh, here it is. Um, and then one more thing, you know what? It's too serious for today. We'll do it on Wednesday, but let's just end with this. Here we go. Oh my gosh. I just, do you hear what he's saying? I, I just, he needs to be banned. Okay. He, he must be banned. This, this meme, it is so offensive. Oh, I just. It needs to be taken off the internet. I mean, take it off the internet. Take this meme off the internet. Have you read this article? Have you have you read this? This world-renowned virologist is just, <laughs> he's spreading this information. I mean, he needs to be, he needs to be silenced, okay? Immediately. Just, ah, it just, line alone yeah it makes me so that one line alone you have this you have I this just... weepy <laughs> this weepy housewife trope uh Which screaming one? about how the world-renowned virologist I... is spreading this as if she would no. <laughs> if she knows. no that's the funniest part of it it's probably like geert vandenbosch she's talking about yeah. or something you know here it's almost over but it's the end is funny this person should not be allowed to have a channel <laughs> Whoa, C Kristen, Kristen, y you know you don't have to engage, right? <laughs> what? If you see something that offends you or, or upsets you, you can just keep scrolling. You don't have to, you know, engage with it. Or, or you could just change the channel or not read the article. Or, or, or not watch the video. <laughs> you have options. Oh.
<laughs> yep. That's the bet. That's it. No, that's I, th it. that one best. That's the best line in the whole damn thing right there. The world renowned virologist line. World renowned virologist is spreading misinformation. Yeah. Because you, you know better than the world yeah. renowned virologist. She should know. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. We'll be back on Wednesday. You've been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with. Thankful pal. Let me go upstairs and see uh, how many bodies are lying on the floor. And. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll see you Wednesday. Real quick, before you say it later, I will be on with Emerald Robinson tomorrow at noon. Oh. Yes. Now say later. Uh, well, I'll be on tonight at 7. Later. Later. <laughs>